All right, back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. It is time now for five questions, and this week I have the honors. So, Dave, if you please, could you start us off? Absolutely. Panda Watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. I, 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 uh, Ching King is inside right now. I tried to get an interview with him, but they said, nope, you can't do that. He's a live bear. He will literally rip your face off. I always lose it at that. Ching King. I, I was telling you guys, Paul Rudd, maybe the most underrated funny guy in Hollywood. He really is funny, especially in that movie. Yeah, he's so oh, yeah. serious Brian with this This is sort of a, a sad Panther. moment for this show, too, by the way. Because we're going to retire that sound. I think this is going to be one of the last times that we get to use this. And to watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious... <laughs> That's why we chose it as our buzzer. Like <laughs> That's why we chose it as our buzzer, because we because when we were picking buzzers, I thought maybe Peyton Manning and some of his zingers from the ESPYs, but I said, you know what? This is the last time we're going to play this, so right. might as well go all out with yep. it. Oh, no. we Ah, uh, no. That's a dancing bear, Yabuselli, for... Um, oh, yeah. But that'll be fun. That'll be a fun one. Maybe. That's maybe, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Question number one. I know we've asked this before, but this is as good a time as any to bring it back. Worst contract... Worst contract, Pablo Sandoval or Carl Crawford? Crawford's deal was $142 million over seven years. Pablo was five years, 95. So which one was the worst contract? Easy, easy. Pablo Sandoval. The reason why, because um, they traded Carl Crawford. They actually found a trade partner to give up that kind of player with that contract. The Dodgers took the money, too. Dodgers took the money. Dodgers are idiots for doing that. But um, I would say, you know, the Red Sox really lost out on Pablo Sandoval they had um, ideas for the future. Didn't realize that like who they were getting in return, um, and I, I felt like they just completely fell flat on their face signing Pablo to that ninety-five million dollar contract. Yeah, no question for me, it's Pablo uh, for multiple reasons. Carl Crawford coming in here, you didn't expect him to flounder like that. Carl Crawford was a stud in Tampa Bay. So I almost don't blame them for bringing in Carl Crawford. It didn't work out. And when it didn't work out, you did find a trade partner in the Dodgers, and they took the money. This case, Pablo was already over the hill. You didn't expect much from him. There was a He was supposed to have a weight clause in San Francisco, which you ignored. You brought him in here anyway for $95 million, and he ended up having to eat the second most amount of money in MLB history for a DFA'd player. This is one of the worst signings in not just Red Sox history, sports but history. in Boston sports history. Yeah. It's it's the second worst if you just want to go based on production and the money that you lost on the player. It is the second worst signing in the history of Major League Baseball. So no question for me, Pablo Sandoval is a worse signing than Carl Crawford. And I go a step further and I say it's one of the worst signings if we had a if we had to think about it, if we had the time to collect the information in Boston sports history. All-time sports, possibly. You never know Could about that. Could be right that. up there. We'd have, we'd have a lot of research to do, but I guarantee you, he's top 10 in worst signings ever. All right, question number two. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here, panda jerk. It's John Farrell. <laughs> John Farrell. Get off your phone. Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this past Monday, we saw Aaron Judge put on an absolute clinic during the 2017 Home Run Derby. If you could choose any all-time great slugger in his prime to go head-to-head versus Judge, who would you choose? That's, that's a great question. 
Um, I would go Mark McGuire. I, I think Mark McGuire was really like that Fenway Park home run derby. I mean, everybody remembers it for a reason. Was cool. You know, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, the Ken monster. Griffey Jr. Um, yeah, I would go Mark McGuire. I, I just think he has the power to compete with Judge. I would have went Ken Griffey Jr., but I think Griffey's more of like just a beautiful swing and he can really hit a decent amount of home runs, but like, like Mark McGuire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to me, you've got one of the better young guys in the game that was actually in this very same home run derby, and it's Giancarlo Stanton. You know, the way that the guy hits the cover off the ball when he hits is something It's something else. Um, if I had to pick an older player, probably Barry Bonds. Barry I mean, Bonds, he was yeah. great in his prime even before all the steroid allegations. The guy could tear the cover off the ball. I want to quickly, though, hit on Judge because watching that derby was... It was different, Impressive. right? Than your, right. Than, your, than your typical home run derby because of how effortless it was for him to crush balls out of the park and not just pulling them, but hitting them to all parts of the ballpark. He's a once-in-a-generation talent. I mean, that guy, I, I stopped being fooled by the would-be pop-ups. You know, like, there were a couple in that first round where he ends up, he needed 22. Yep. Let's not forget that that dude, Boar of the Marlins, put up 22 home runs. Incredible. And then you got Aaron Judge comes out and, and like it was nothing, hits 23. And there were a couple in the beginning where I'm like, oh, he missed it. And then it's out. And I'm like, well, oh, that's a pop-up. But it's gone. Uh, you know, it's just that effortless sort of swing. It doesn't even look like he's trying, which is why he conserves so much energy. Right. Just his swing alone was enough to label the ball, and, and he put it to right field, he put it to center, he put it left field, he put the ball everywhere. His spray chart was unbelievable. I think it was the most impressive home run derby performance of all time. The reason why is when you have four minutes, you have to conserve that energy and recognize when to call timeouts. You know, when, when you have outs, you can take breaks. You can have guys come over at Gatorade. You can take your sweet-ass time. Mm -hmm. With Judge, he literally just went all out, then called the timeout when he was tired, then went back at it. And you got to appreciate that because that's time management, too. Like, it's a right. smart, technical thing. It's all about tactics when it comes to the swing. And you got to make sure that your mechanics are on point. But with Judge, he has such a great swing, great power that that ball is going to be gone whether it looks like a pop-up or not. Another guy that I would keep in mind is Mike Trout. Mike Trout Mike probably Trout, yeah. would definitely give him a run for his money. But Yeah, I think uh, you know Aaron Judge, before we move on to the next question, just unbelievable. This kid's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to win MVP. He already has the home run derby. It's unbelievable. Is he, he's probably in contention for the Triple Crown, right, because he's hitting for average as well. He could win all the above. He could be the face of baseball going forward, and it just adds to the fact that he's a Yankee in one of the biggest markets in the game. The, you know, that I mean, as a base, as a Red Sox fan, that sucks, but as a baseball fan, that's awesome. And he's a good kid. And he's a good kid. He's likable. I'll tell you this, and it struck me. Uh, it really sucks as a Red Sox fan to recognize that you are rooting for him and that the rivalry is dead. Well, I, I think right? that no, I think you know what he is. I don't think it's he's the dead. next Derek Jeter. It's getting there. He's it's the next. There. He's the look, next. It's he's, coming he's back. A, but like he's right Derek now, Derek Jeter with power. But if you look, did you root for Aaron Judge at the home run derby? Were you no, rooting for him to win? Against no, him. but I wasn't rooting, rooting against him. Yeah. I was rooting okay. against him because I I hate the Yankees. I don't hate him though. Okay, let me tell you, I wanted him to win. I was rooting for him. But I thought, you, I but thought he was going to lose. It's kind of the hate respect thing that you talk about with Derek Jeter, though, right? Yeah, but I would never have said a good thing about Derek Jeter while he was playing. Yes, you hate respected him, but you really? never mentioned the respect part. 
Why well, would that, you? That's because this kid is so young. You have to kind of let him be around for a is while it, where you're like, oh, Or is it jumps. because the rivalry's dead? It, part of it is the rivalry's dead, but I feel like yesterday there was more electricity at Fenway Park for a Red Sox Yankees game than there has been for a long I will time. I give the you boo- that. It was a boo- good birds, game. The Boo Birds for Jacoby Ellsbury were louder than I can remember. So wait, this gives us an excuse to root against the Yankees? Is but that what you're saying? This is what I was getting at. You heard Fenway yesterday be louder than it's ever been. Do you think it's a coincidence that Aaron Judge was front and center in the face of that All-Star game and that home run derby. Jealousy. Possibly. I believe sure. that because Aaron Judge showed his face and made such a statement, all of a sudden, a little bit of fire. Rivalry might be on the way up. That's the thing. You kind of right? love you love to hate the Yankees. A little you want bit them, of fire. You want them to be good so that you can compete against them and beat them. And I don't well, I mean, think I don't think it's a coincidence at all that following Aaron Judge's performance where he became pretty much Mr. Worldwide. Mm-hmm. And was the face of the Derby in the All-Star whoa, game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not Pipple. Chill out with that. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I, I I honestly believe that that's why you heard Fenway louder than it's been for any other Yankee series in recent memory. Keep an eye on Fenway Park today. I think something might happen between the two teams oh, to spark the fire even more. That'll, that'll be fun. And that. just talking about all-time great home run derbies, I just want to mention Josh Hamilton in, what was it, 2008? Just oh, unbelievable. Yeah. 28 home one. runs in one round. And yeah, unbelievable. I, I think that was actually bad because he went over what he needed to do in a particular round and he got tired out. How about... <laughs> How about uh, Pitbull, by the way, at at uh, at that home run derby? Oh, that like, was awful. Like worst ever, maybe. Yeah, Probably, maybe one of the worst choices ever for a. It is Miami. He's, he's from there. Cross. He's from Miami. I right? get it. Cuba. Pick someone with better, he's from, he's newer from Cuba, music. But he's, he, you know, Miami's right next to Cuba. Yeah, so he's, they're he's all in there. that region. I get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah no. But he, just to answer my own question too, yeah. Sammy Sosa. Sammy. Sammy's yeah. going. Yeah. Sammy. I just want to. I just want to say, like, if you're gonna, as a musician, use the same word twice in a song, I'm usually like, ah, oh, man, you're not creative. Pipple has that one song where he's like, oh, baby, 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 baby. <laughs> I'm yeah. on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> start you can't up, repeat that much. No, you can't st- do it. start off the fire with uh, the Yankees and Red Sox. We'd like I to on- see it. I honestly believe that that whole thing with the Derby and Aaron Judge is starting to light that fire again. I like it. All right, question number three. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here, panda. Great story. Compelling and rich. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, that's TC, probably, on the Nesson broadcast. Great story. (laughs) Great story. There's John Farrell and there's Will Farrell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, guys, uh, question number three. Excluding the three all-stars, Chris Sale, Mookie Betts, and Craig Kimbrell, Mm. who has been the most important member of the Red Sox this year? Well, this is a good one. I like this. Um, That's what I do, Mark. What I do? I say Benny. Benny. I th- be- ben Attendee. Yeah, he's had some cold streaks in there, though. I call him Benny in the Jets because every time he he gets the ball and he chucks it in the infield, he's using a little sense of urgency whether that's the next play. But when he like you know guys try to tag up on him like that Houston throw, I'll never forget that. I, th- I think that was a huge moment when um you know the Red Sox really needed him to step up, and that was a, a tremendous sort of home. Um, a great play by Christian Vasquez to adjust to, mm. to tag that guy out, Springer. I am honestly struggling to come up with an answer for this, and it, I think it speaks to a louder problem with the Red Sox, which is who's, the, who's the face of this team. You know, and I, I love what Chris Sale has given you on the pitcher's mound, and I love what Craig, what Craig Kimbrell has given you as a closer. Obviously, Mookie Betts, not as great a year as he had last year, but still a very consistent player. Gives you great defense, good offense on a consistent basis. 
Who's the biggest after that? I find it difficult to really say. This one's kind of a sleeper, but Mitch Moreland. He's been cold recently since he fractured his toe. Yeah, but he's not but like... But he's been quietly putting together a very good season for sure, the Red Sox. But you said who's been, what, the most impactful or who's the hero? Si- outside of Chris three? Sale, Mookie Betts, and Craig Kimbrell, who's been the most impactful? The most impactful. Now, I'm probably going to get chewed out for this because I hate this guy. But it's Drew Pomerantz. I was actually thinking that as well. Yeah, that's a good one. That's actually a good one. Which yeah. is kind of scary. <laughs> it is. It is. But but you know what? I'm glad Dave <laughs> said that because I was all he, he was on my list. Yeah, he was on my list. He is not He's screwing right. up. Look, in, in in a year where you've lost Stephen Wright and you didn't have David Price for a long time, and Porcello's now you're without Eddie Rodriguez, and Porcello's had a bad year. Pomeranz and he, look, he sucked at the beginning of the year. I'm not giving him any credit because through his first ten games. He didn't even register for the ERA title. Yeah, he's awful. He he couldn't he couldn't pitch beyond five innings. He's right at the ship. He's done much better in his last couple of starts, uh, in his last handful of starts, really. And I wish I had the numbers right in front of me, but I know that over his last ten, you know, he's given them good outings where he's getting into the sixth inning and he's giving up two or fewer runs. And then that's to me, that's he's a quality starter right? right there. Yeah, and he's the reason really during this most recent stretch. That you haven't had any real dip, I would say. Right, as you said, given the injuries to Eduardo Rodriguez right. and Stephen Wright, he's kind of come in and been the guy to he's bridge been you that st- gap. He's been stable I mean, enough. Otherwise, otherwise, it's Hector Velasquez. No, and that's yeah. what I mean. You know, guys like that. I honestly Doug think that, that Pomeranz, in retrospect, when you look at the rest of this team and what impact they've had, you can look directly at Drew Pomeranz and say he's responsible for – Giving you a couple more wins than maybe you should have. Right. I mean, he hasn't point. lit the world on fire, but in June, he had a 3 ERA. He's got right. a 3-5 in three starts here in July. Right. Overall, he's 9-4 and four with a 3.75. He's your number five starter. Yeah. That's pretty good. Right now, though, the problem is he's your second best pitcher. Yeah, That is a problem. Extreme well, actually, problem. I think David Price has sort of figured it out recently. Well, we'll see. I want to see him again after the All-Star break. I do, because Bryce has pitched better, but I want to see it on a more consistent basis, and he's going up against a Yankees team that he does not pitch well against tomorrow night in the second half of that doubleheader. Yeah, I was going to ask. He's pitching Sunday, right? He's pitching uh, tomorrow tomorrow in the night game. I'll be at both those games, by the way. It's going to be a long game for me. Yeah, a long day for me. Seriously. 18 innings of baseball, but good answer. Pace yourself. I I will try. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I will. Only two beers during the day game. I don't know what's going to happen during the night game. Watch out for that sun. It's going to be brutal (laughs) out there. Hot. (laughs) Question number four. All right, guys. uh, (laughs) We're going to play a really quick game of true or false here uh, for the Red Sox in the second half. I'm going to ask you three questions, and I want you to just answer true or false and elaborate if possible. True or false, Jackie Bradley Jr. will finish the season hitting 300. Currently at 280. False. False. I think he'll fall short, 290-ish. So he, but he's gonna have a pretty good year. With oh the yeah, uh, I would say he'll he'll end up back around 270, 275. Right now he's on a uh, on a tear where he's hitting like 370 over the course of his last yeah. 30 games or so. Something yeah, he's like smoking the ball. That's Jackie Bradley for you though. Yeah. JBJ loves to go on his streaks, and it, you know that includes cold streaks. So I expect him to end up with a, a reasonable batting average, right around, around 270, 275. Okay. Um, I think it'll be a little lower because I'm waiting for the cold streak to hit. Okay. You know, it, it, he was batting 200 when he started this hot streak. So credit to him. He's up around 280 right now, yeah, right? Yeah, he's at 80 points. I think he'll finish strong. I, I He could. I ho- I'm hoping for it because I want him to be one of those consistent guys. Uh, but, I mean, 
for a streaky hitter, when he goes on streaks, they kind of last longer than you'd expect, too. Right. So right. I, I don't know what's better, taking those streaks where he's super hot or just, uh, you know, getting the consistency out of him where he's a little less uh, than he is when he's on a hot streak. But, you know, the consistency's there. He better save some for the playoffs, though. True or false, Chris Sale will reach 300 strikeouts by year's end. Ooh, true. It's going to be close. Currently I, I'm at 178. Going, I'm hoping for it, so I will say true. I'll I say want to see that happen. He's at 178. If he gets 10 today, he's at 188. Eh, that's, he's looking pretty good. He's I on mean, pace like for most it, guys right? end the season. Yeah, he's pretty much on pace for it because most guys, when they cross the 200 mark, that's a good year. Yep. He's let, Let's say he gets 10 today, that's 188, and we're in July. And so. how many, how many uh, starts for him? Uh, he's got one. I, don't, I don't have the number in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's close to eight, nine, more. Uh, starts? Yeah. No, he's, he's got, got more, more than, than that. that. He's like 11 and four. Really? Right yeah, I think yeah. he's got probably 12 starts left in him. Well, I was wondering how many he's already started. Oh. oh, I'd have to look that up. Just I don't to have, know I don't the, have his, uh, the I don't strikeouts have per, per game. Um, but it's got to be close to 10. I mean, and if you're doing that and you make 30 starts... Yeah, you could you could do it, but I mean that's hard to do. And he's had a history of uh, you know fizzing out. That's Cy Young the written all over that. Oh, though. I think he'll win Cy Young. I, yeah, I think he is the runaway winner right now. Of Especially because Ke- Keuchel's nine and zero with a great ERA, but he's hurt. So the innings right. are down, the strikeouts are down. Yeah. All right, and final true or false before we get on to question five here, guys. Xander Bogarts will hit twenty plus homers this year. False. False. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing because he's not even halfway there yet. I thought, yeah, he's at six. I always thought that he was more of a power hitter, but you know what? If he's going to hit for average, which he's been doing this year, I'll take it. Average has gone down lately. Because last year, if you guys remember, once he started hitting the home runs, the average dipped. So it's kind of like, what would you rather have? Look, he's starting to dip right now, right around the same time he started to dip last year with the power numbers. So he's dipping dipping at the same time without the power. Right. So... I don't, I don't know what that is. Is it if he hits for power, he's going to dip? Or is it just at this juncture every year he's going to start to dip? Yeah, be, be, something be, to watch cautious. Po- be cautious sure. if that happens. Yep. All right, guys, fifth and final question. Skadoosh. 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 <laughs> All right, guys, we'll make this one quick. Uh, Robert Kraft, if you didn't know, has just purchased a Boston-based esports team. Uh, so if you guys were the owner of an esports team and you got to choose what game your quote athletes would participate in, what game would you go with? Would it be like League of Legends or World of Warcraft, or would you go with a first-person shooter like Call of Duty or Halo or something like that? What would you guys go with? It could even be freaking Mario Kart on N64 for all I care. I think these leagues could be any game, right? Yeah, I think they're actually pretty cool because it kind of gives the players an opportunity to show off like they're really professional. Uh, skills, because some of the things that I see on ESPN too, it's it's pretty crazy uh, the amount of uh, adrenaline that goes through you playing these things, especially like Madden Nation. Um, Madden would be. Cool. I think Madden, yeah, if they came out with like a Madden League, which oh, they are, they, I'd watch that. They, I don't think they have it. I think they just do Madden Challenge or Madden Nation, but it's not like they do it over the course of the year. If they did that and had it like on NFL Network or an ESPN, that'd be pretty cool to see. I don't know if I like any of this. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> You're just anti. I, I don't know how I really feel about it. Wait, what, what, what was so exactly you your to, question? So if you were the owner of an esports team and you had to choose the game that they were participating in and playing other teams against. Yeah, so it's like video games. Playing against other teams, what would you go with? Probably NHL. I mean, that's got one, uh, that's got one of the best games uh, in terms of pro sports. But, 
I mean, a lot of these games, it's like uh, it's Overwatch is the big one, right, in the esports categories. So. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I know there's a League of Legends one. Yeah, I honestly so don't I, get I'm, that game. I mean, it's it's a lot of the shooter games, which I mean are cool. Doesn't I, it have just, to be like a computer game though? No, no, not it can be a video game. Like you that, could, I've uh, seen Halo. I think a lot of these guys end up uh, streaming on their PC and they're playing on their Xbox. You okay, know? So something they, like that. I yeah. don't know. There's a whole weird culture behind esports, but don't ever try and tell me that these are sports. You know what? I, uh, well, yeah, no. I completely agree with I'm that. Just, just as much as the spelling bee is a sport. Exactly. But you know what? I love Super Smash. Oh, that's I'd watch okay. That. You got I'd watch me on that. That, that would be pretty talking. fun. See, the thing is, because of the randomness. I'm sorry, but like, I would so much rather like join in on that. Right, like that's true. It's so much more not, fun to play. It, like you want to play Super Smash Brothers you don't against watch. people. That's true. L- like yeah. who just sits there and watches other people play video sti- games? But it's still entertaining. Like I've been in situations like back in college where there's only a limited number of controllers, and it was almost just as fun to watch sure, someone you play were, Super Smash. You were always going to get a turn. Of course, yeah. yeah. But, you, but you weren't. But yeah. you weren't like upset to give up your controller because you're still going to be entertained. Oh, I was, other, I no, no, no. You weren't upset to give up your controller because you knew it was going to come back to you. Yeah. Fair enough. At some point, you knew you were going to get another go at it. Yeah, you're like, oh, crap, I lost this one. Oh, well, I have one one more down the line. Like, Fair yeah. enough. I mean, uh, when we were kids, wasn't it like you had that one friend that would hog the controller? Well, because he would win. Because he'd keep he'd winning. It was like, winner's keep. Winner's keep. I want a toy. <laughs> Give me my toy. I want to I play. <laughs> All right, that wraps up five questions. We will be back with the blast off. Don't go anywhere. ESPN New Hampshire, it's the Sports Blast. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN.